The following podcast contains naughty language, things you wouldn't want your parents or your children to hear. But frankly, we don't give a Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And we're here with the Diesel Performance Podcast. I just want to say, first of all, everybody is unbelievable as far as all the feedback we've been getting. We've been getting great response on our Facebook, on our like page, Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook like page. Please go there, visit us. We post everything there. We also post everything on YouTube. Feel free to leave a comment there and also subscribe to us on iTunes. Absolutely correct. You know, Danny, I'm really excited for today's episode about emissions equipment. Finally, we can I mean, talk about it. There's so many so many different misconceptions out there, so much just non-understanding. People just don't get it. So I think today is a really good chance for us to provide just simply good information. Yeah, and even things that I don't know and things that possibly you don't know, hopefully we can get into this. There's nothing I don't know, Danny. All right, let's get real. All right, there there's <laughs> might be a few things I don't know about emissions equipment. And that's why we brought in our special guest today, Mike Kennedy. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me today, guys. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Excellent, thank you. Uh, Mike, we're a big fan of what you do. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about why they would care what you have to say. Sure, I'm going on 16 years of experience in the diesel engine industry. The vast majority of that was spent at Navistar, uh, about 13 years there. Half of the time was spent in engine development. Uh, the other half was spent in uh, engine liability and quality. Very respectable. Really? Okay. So what kind of things did you work on over there? Sure, I was uh, I was there at the beginning of the whole, uh, uh, making the emission standards more stringent during introduction to EGR, introduction to DPF. Also, introduction of the SCR system uh, towards the tail end of my time there. Most of my time in development was spent uh, in the uh, as a lead emissions uh, calibrator for uh, some of their engines. Okay, so so you have a minute or two of experience around emissions equipment. That's right. Okay, awesome. He's been around the block, Paul. That's what we have on the show. <laughs> well, that's great. And then, can you tell us a little bit about what you do over at Calibrated now? I'm the director of calibrations here. A lot of that time is spent in R and D, so developing new products, uh, and then also tuning the products that we already have out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. We're going to dive right into the episode here. Uh, like Danny said, there's just a ridiculous amount of acronyms. And I think a lot of customers out there hear emissions and they hear these these dirty three letters put together, EGR and DPF. And the assumption is that it's terrible. The assumption is that it's all garbage and it's ruining my truck and it's costing me fuel mileage. It's costing me power. But I know from experience with the testing we've done, that's not necessarily the case. And I think the point of today's podcast is really just to educate people about what the emissions equipment is, explain how it works, and then let you decide if that's something that you're okay with being on your truck. That's exactly it. A lot of people think that the first thing they need to do is just eliminate all of this. And a lot of guys have done that. But we're going to hopefully change your mentality and let you know that having a, a functioning system like this, it can work. This is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. If you can appreciate the kind of advice that Paul and Danny are giving uh, our listeners on this episode and would appreciate that kind of personalized advice, I would encourage you to check out calibratedpower.com and duramaxtuner.com where you can get a hold of our guys and get that kind of personal attention five days a week, eight hours a day, 815-568-7920. Back to the podcast. So, so let's dive into it, Mike. I, I'd like to start at the front of the truck and work our way to the back. I think that's the way most people would think about it. Uh, what is the first piece of emissions equipment as I start to work from the front bumper to the back? Sure. And so um, essentially, uh, beginning from the front to the back, we have the intake throttle, uh, which is a, at the air intake. Essentially, its role in, the, in emissions is to, uh, to generate 
a, a good delta pressure uh, across the back pressure and intake uh, so that you can drive EGR into the engine. Uh, also, it's used to, you can clamp down on the intake throttle to increase the temperature out of the engine, which also helps to uh, to burn off some of the soot during regeneration. Okay, so that that's your, your first point of contact with controlling pressure and temperatures within the, the emissions equipment. Right, and also to, and to drive the EGR flow. Okay, and drive the EGR flow. Okay. And the okay. throttle blade. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, the throttle blade. Okay, so Danny, can you explain a little bit more about what that what that piece actually is or maybe? Yeah, I mean, the throttle blade, everybody uh, just unplugs it if they delete it, and <laughs> it's not the way to go. It's not the way to go. Totally true, totally true. So yeah, so so that is the actual, that is one of the pieces that, that does get unplugged in EGR deletes, and so a lot of guys do only know it to unplug it, uh, but like Mike said, it, what it does is actually drives air into the EGR's primary function and then some other secondaries there. Okay, and then I know obviously the next thing is the EGR. And I've seen EGRs deleted since 2004 and a half when they first came out. Uh, that was the first year Duramax's uh, LLY's. Uh, Cummins didn't pick it up until an 07, 07 and, and a half. half. And Ford's picked it up, I think, in 08. Oh, really? In 08, 60s don't have. No, 6 Oh, I EGR. thought you meant DPF. I'm no, sorry. no, no. EGRs. EGRs are on a six-liter Ford, uh, which started in 2003. Well, technically, go back to that. You can get uh, an LB7 California emissions truck, um, 03, 04 with an EGR on that, it. That is true. Yeah, there's a few of them out there. So, yeah, so, so EGR started. Tell us a little bit about what EGR stands for and what it does. Sure, and uh, to give a little background on the emission standards over the years, uh, it, also, it started off uh, with introduction of EGR in about 2003, 2004, and that's across all uh, diesel engines from pickup trucks to the heavy-duty stuff you see on the road and semis. Uh, around 2007, uh, 2008, they added the DPF. And then uh, going on since about 2010, the introduction of the SCR system on top of all that. And so with the EGR, uh, that stands for exhaust gas recirculation. And the idea behind it is uh, the exhaust gas is already combusted gas from uh, the exhaust of the engine. It's taken at, uh, at the exhaust manifold. And so it's an inert gas, meaning that there's no longer oxygen in it. So it acts as essentially a buffer during combustion. And so it's spacing out um, the fuel and the air as it's mixed into the cylinder during combustion. And overall, it's lowering the, the rate of combustion, the temperature during combustion. Uh, and that's when that's how NOx emissions is formed, is when you have too much, uh, uh, when the combustion is too hot. Really? Okay, so I had always thought that EGR was used to just pump extra gas into there as though it was using it as air, uh, but it's actually to space out the air in the fuel. Is that correct? Right. It's, it's, it's because it's valuable because it is a, it's air that has no longer has oxygen in it. Okay. And so it, it allows the, the fuel and air to, it, it, it's able to, it slows the rate of, uh, of a combustion in the cylinder. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. That's something I, I absolutely did not know about EGRs to be honest with you. And uh, so that being said, um, uh, the big reason for the EGR cooler is because we all know exhaust gas is going to be hot. And so the EGR cooler is important in that it takes that hot uh, takes that hot gas from the exhaust and is able to cool it. And by cooling, you're able to get more, right? You're able to, it, cooling it makes it more dense and so you're able to, to shove more EGR into the intake. That is awesome. Okay. Okay. So I always hear terrible stories about EGRs. Horrible. Horrible horror, stories. Everybody's right? got a horror story. I'm sure they heard over and they, they block up with soot. I've seen pictures online where they take them off, and it's just packed inside with what looks like a, a goop is the only way I could really describe just it. Just nasty. a black tar yeah. is almost what it comes down to. Why does that happen? It is because it is the, it's, it's, uh, it's the gas right from the exhaust, and so that's going to include all the, 
the particulate matter that the engine produces. Okay. And so, I mean, that part is just kind of the nature of the beast. Gotcha. All right. So I know on newer trucks, we aren't seeing as many of them plug up. They've also changed the way the valve opens. So it doesn't open out or it doesn't open in anymore. It opens out, which helps it from not blowing forward or blowing open when you don't mean it to. So high boost loads. I've seen EGRs fail pretty, pretty commonly. I would also say in, in six liter Fords, we see EGRs. They're, they're pretty well known for, for having issues. Yep. That is I mean, it's a, it's one of those issues. One of those things where, as the years progressed, I mean, when the when all when the EGR valves and these these diesel engines were introduced, it was kind of a cutting act technology. It was the first time anyone was doing this, right? Uh, and then as the years go on, there's more better control strategies to to better implement the EGR uh, in the system. Uh, and then it, that's the biggest reason why nowadays uh, on the newer engines we're not seeing as much problems with the, with the EGR valve or the EGR cooler. You know, thank you for addressing that because I think Danny and I have talked about this on previous episodes. The first generation emissions equipment, usually not the best. It's first generation. It's brand new. Like you said, it was cutting edge at the time, right? Nobody had done it before. That's right. So so it took time to work out the kinks. It took time to figure out what's the best way to use it, what's the most efficient way to utilize these parts, because they're not bad. I mean, the EGR doesn't destroy your truck, correct? That's right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So as I get past the EGR, I then get into what's next? I would say what the DOC. Yeah, that's right. So the the, the, the job of the uh, DOC or diesel oxidation catalyst, uh, its its role in in the emission system is to uh, turn the the dose fuel during regeneration uh, into heat, uh, which the DPF is able to use to convert the soot into uh, into carbon dioxide. Okay, so in a Duramax, the ninth injector heats the DOC, which burns off in the DPF. Is that, do I have that right? That's right. And so, yeah, and, uh, and also DOC absorbs a lot of the unburned fuel out of the engine. Uh, early on, let's say with the introduction of the of EGR only engines, uh, there'd always be a lot of uh, diesel smell. Right. Where uh, now with the, when they added the DPF and the bigger DOC, uh, a lot of that's removed. You don't get that smell because the, the unburnt fuel or hydrocarbon that the engine produces even outside of regen gets absorbed by the DOC. So you don't smell like garbage when you get in your truck every morning. The <laughs> wife doesn't complain when you idle in the garage in the mornings. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Okay. So it's not, it's not all bad. There's some benefits here. I can see why it was developed. Right. And, and uh, so during the regeneration process, you need to develop a lot of heat in the DPF and where that heat is generated is in the DOC. And that's why the DOCs are, are pretty costly because there's a lot of precious metals in that. And so the precious, precious metals are in the DOC to, to be able to burn that fuel. They absorbed uh, dose fuel uh, into, into heat at a lower temperature. Okay. Okay. That actually makes sense to me. So, so we spray fuel into the exhaust. It gets absorbed by the DOC. The precious metals in the DOC allow it to heat up exponentially. And then they actually heat the DPF, which burns off the soot built up in the DPF. Is that right? That's right. Yep. So the input, the, the output of the DOC is is heat, or the the output of the DOC is heat into the DPF. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk. Let's talk DPF. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a there's hey, a piece there's I'm missing here. There's someone in between we? there. Um, uh, the SCR. We need to talk about the SCR. People always hear these terms, and I call it the alphabet. And definitely something that we really need to dive into on the SCR. And we want to ask uh, Mike here, what is it? What the heck is a SCR? Yeah, so with the SCR, the SCR stands for Selective Catalyst Reduction. Mm -hmm. uh, and its role is to uh, take the NOx emissions of the engine and convert that into nitrogen gas. 
And so how it does that is there's a, a death injector uh, in the, uh, at, as the inlet into the SCR system. Uh, what is DEF? DEF is uh, basically ammonia. It's ammonia in a water solution. And so when that DEF fluid uh, gets dosed into the heated exhaust uh, from the engine, it turns it into ammonia. And then that ammonia within the catalyst uh, turns the NOx emissions into nitrogen oxide, which a uh, nitrogen gas, which is essentially, you know, what our air is made out of. Really? So ammonia turns diesel into air. Can I say that? It turns is that, into, is that oversimplifying? Uh, no, I mean, it's basically, it's essentially turning, uh, turning the NOx, NOx, nitrogen oxide emissions from the engine uh, into nitrogen gas. Okay. Which our air is made up of about 80% nitrogen gas and 20% oxygen. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I love how we're kind of nerding out here because people need to know this. Yeah, I mean, this is all stuff that I had never really cared about, just to be honest. Like, I had never really thought of what is emissions equipment. When it first came out back in 2007 and a half is when we got serious, right? Oh mm-hmm. four, oh three, when EGRs came out, everybody just pulled them off the truck. It really, you, you bought a tuner, you pulled them off, you drove the truck, you never thought about emissions ever again, you laughed. Then 07 and a half came and they put these DPFs on. And, and again, first generation technology, they failed pretty, mm-hmm. pretty consistently across the board. They had issues with them up front. So again, everybody, same thing. You came out with EGRs, we deleted them. You came out with DPFs, we deleted them. Now they've come out with all of these others. You have that instinct to keep doing it because you don't know what it is, such as myself. You don't know how it works, such as myself. So it's easy to get rid of it and say, let's just keep the stuff I know about. Right. And as you can, as we were kind of talking about, Paul and I always pick each other's brain, go back and forth off air. And we know that as time goes on, the emission systems are getting better. They're getting bigger. They're being built uh, to handle this power, to be able to put it through there without having failure. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, what's really exciting to me is as we're starting to get into these new trucks, the Colorado that we, we reviewed the other week. The thing had all the emissions equipment on it. It's a blast to drive. Like if you not, if you have not driven a tuned Colorado and you think they look dorky, because that's exactly what I thought, um, they're so much fun. Like once you put a tune on them, they're responsive, they move, they're nimble, they're quick, they're a blast. You didn't have to do all the deletes. And LMLs, man, that's my that's my platform. That's I love LMLs. Honestly, like 11 and 12s, they do have some issues. I know some guys with some newer trucks that have had some NOx sensor issues, which I run into that a lot. NOx sensors having problems. Is that is that something you hear about a lot too, Danny? Not every day, but every once in a while I'll get a guy that has a complaint about something like that. And he, I just tell him that it still uh, is in progression. There's still something to be said about what's there and what's coming in the future. Right. Right. You know, I'll, I'll add to that. I mean, that's an industry ride problem. Every every one of the newer engines out there is experiencing the same kind of knock, knock sensor failures. Really? And that's, uh, I mean, it's one of those things just like the introduction of the EGR valve. It's, they're constantly getting better and better. And, you know, I imagine uh, it won't be long and before they have that. All those kinks worked out and those don't fail as often. Yeah. I was going to say in the 14 and 15 Duramaxes and in probably 13 to 16 uh, Cummins, I really don't see the NOx problems nearly as much. And everybody says, oh, I got cow piss in my tank. I'm getting rid of the tank and I'm getting rid of the urea and all this. But actually, why would you want to do that when it's actually limiting down on EGR? It's helping, am I right? You're limit, You're reducing the amount of EGR coming into the intake. No, that, that's, that wouldn't be the case. And so that's, that would be, uh, that's, that's post, post-engine and, and that's uh, B 
beyond when all that occurs. Okay, but good distinction. Good distinction. I like that. Okay, so deaf and deaf and EGR are working against two different problems that the EPA has said that diesel trucks have. Is that right? Yeah, it's a great point. And so basically, the DPF is there to absorb the the soot side or you know the black smoke that we'd see without any kind of after treatment. That's the DPF's job. Uh, the unburned fuel, that's the job the, the DOC takes care of that. It'll absorb all that for us. And then the, the SCR takes care of the NOx part of the equation of, uh, of uh, the diesel emissions exhaust. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Now, uh, we can all see the benefit of the, of the HC, the unburned fuel. Uh, we can see the benefit of not having the, the black soot in the air. NOx is one of those where it's, it's kind of, it's tough for us to appreciate because it is a, it's a odorless gas that, you know, you can't, you don't really smell it. You can't see it. Yeah. There's no cost to it. Right. Right. So, yeah, if there's no pain, why would I fix it? But as we measure it and we look at things at a larger scale, it makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's something the EPA says, uh, you know, we need to take care of. So that's why it's there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and emissions are driven by the EPA. Everybody knows that. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just the way it is. Um, you know, we battle with it. Right. So we learn from it. But I think just like anything else, you know, uh, I, I was reading recently about about 97 and, or 98 and 99 GM trucks when they first introduced electronic fuel injection. And guys were going in and doing carb swaps back to the old system because that's what they knew. So if you had a problem with a new system, you got rid of it and Throw you went back to what it. you knew, right? <laughs> like everybody wanted a carb swap on their 98 or 99 uh, Silverados and GMCs, pretty much anything in the truck market. And obviously now here we are decades later I would never swap my truck. I would never swap anything to a carburetor because electronic fuel injection is obviously better, but it took a long time to get there. You know, it wasn't, you didn't throw it on, it just immediately fixed everything and it was this all new, great, grand, awesome thing. You had to work out the kinks and that that's where I think we're at with the emissions equipment. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's a, another good example is the, when they introduced uh, diesel engine powered uh, passenger cars. I mean, it took 30 years to get where we're at now where, you know, people are happy having a diesel engine there. And their sedan. Yeah. No, absolutely. You ever driven one of the old, uh, like, 300Ds, the old Mercedes? And M3, you've never, n- nobody? No. Oh, my God, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, they're just, they're fucking When loud. did you drive this? No, no, way. I have a buddy down the okay. street who has one. Yeah, uh, Gibson. <laughs> so, so they're absolutely awful. They have no balls. They absolutely no balls. So you stand on the throttle. It rolls a little smoke. And then you putt along at the slowest speed ever. And then when it finally gets up and gets into, which... Uh, the ones I drove didn't even have overdrive. Once it finally gets up and you're doing 60 miles an hour, it is loud. I mean, it is like an old 7.3 IDI that's just banging. I mean, you can just hear every single detonate or every single combustion. It is just wild. They're awful to drive. But right now, you jump in a brand new Passat, dude, they're luxurious. And they get insane fuel economy, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Like, who wouldn't want 40 miles to the gallon stock or whatever, whatever they're pulling? Now, I know they're about 50 with a tune if you're in a good tailwind. All right. So so we went through the intake throttle. <coughs> Sorry. We went through the intake throttle, the EGR, the DOC, the SCR, the DPF, the DEF, which we now know what all of those actually stand for, and it doesn't sound like just a random string <laughs> of letters. What questions should I have asked you that I didn't, Mike? Maybe some misconceptions that in the industry people think, uh, and you can maybe further explain that. There you go. Yeah, so I think that I'll touch on again how a lot of the improvements in uh, in the reliability of all these components are just time. Uh, a lot of it is software, software and calibration based. 
and uh, all the owners of any of the uh, more recent diesel engines from 2004 on, doesn't matter if it's a pickup truck or a over-the-road truck, you've had to go in for, for some software updates. Yeah. And, and that's what it is, a lot of progression uh, of software and calibration changes to help uh, make these products last a lot longer and make the whole system work a lot better. Okay. Uh, how about, Danny, I love the idea of the conceptions, and thank you, Mike, because I think that's a, a really, really strong point to make with our listeners. Uh, the one big one I always hear is that the emissions equipment or regen is costing me fuel mileage. Can you talk a little bit about that? It is true that when you're doing a DPF regen, you are dosing fuel into the into the exhaust to to convert that soot into uh, uh, carbon dioxide, and so that if you were to to regen very often, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna use up some fuel. But most of these engines nowadays, I mean, you'll regen uh, maybe once once or twice a week so it's very infrequent okay a lot less okay so if you were if you have an older like an lmm or you have a like an 07 and a half to 09 uh cummins or God, i guess maybe a 64 ford i think that sounds about right um or that was the first generation dpf for all of those you could find that because all of them ran smaller dpfs right so they all went into regen more often you could see there being a, a pretty significant change but in the newer stuff as we get into the final generations the current generations of these trucks there's really not much to measure in the way of fuel mileage is there i mean between deleted and non-deleted right I, with the newer engines I, there's there really isn't much um much regeneration going on uh with the scr systems the engines are allowed to produce higher levels of nox engine out and uh, a lot of that nox uh, helps uh, burn off the soot in the exhaust stream and so uh, it's the higher NOx levels is actually reducing the soot that the DPF is going to absorb. So okay. that's part that's that's helping as well. And I mean, uh, now with the new with the newer the newer engines, you may have a regen, you know, once a month. Wow. You know, an active regen, active meaning you're dosing fuel uh, to burn off the soot. Uh, it's called a passive regen when just everything else in the system, the higher temperatures, just while you're doing your daily driving, when that burns off the soot itself, I mean, it's called a passive regen. And so that doesn't use any extra fuel. That's awesome. And that's a great point to make because I know in the newer Cummins, that's that's one of the reasons that I am a huge fan of the newer Cummins models is that they have the ability to run a passive regen pretty much a, a lot of the time. It greatly reduces the amount of dosing that they have to do. Um, mostly because they operate at a higher temperature. So if you looked at an old Cummins that operated 800 to 1,000 degrees, you might notice that now we're about two to 300 degrees warmer in our EGTs just about all of the time. But because of that, we're getting a passive regen out of it. So we're actually running it in the exhaust at a higher temperature, and that's helping us achieve those passive regens. Uh, Duramaxes looks like they're still working on catching up to that specific system, but I do like the idea that DEF is helping, you, you know, the other components, the catalyst, these things are already helping reduce the amount of regen I have to go into. Paul, you're so bright, your father calls you son. Did you just look that up online? No. This fucking guy and his one-liners, Danny Voss. <laughs> Danny Voss, folks, Danny Voss, he's available all week. <laughs> Be here all day. Mike, I do greatly appreciate you coming out today and explaining all of this to us. Uh, listeners, if you have questions, comments, feedback, if you love it, if you hate it, message us. Please post on our Facebook too. page. If you, if you have any questions about this episode, please contact Paul or myself. And if we don't know, we'll get you the answer. Absolutely correct. Well, this has been Paul Wilson. I'm Danny Voss. Thank you for listening.
The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920.